0: Welcome back into another episode of the Talking Ball Y'all podcast. I'm Clay Sweet, and as always, Jeff Lassett, uh the brains of the operation. Jeff, what an awesome week, man, to be talking high school football.
1: Yep, it's an uh, awesome week, championship week. Clay, uh, we got six games left to round out this twenty twenty uh, football year, and we, uh, you know, made it through. Uh, you know, so here we are, championship week.
0: Yup, and uh, we need to start the program by thanking the Popperville program. You know, listeners of this podcast from wherever they listen uh, probably get sick of us saying each and every week um, that we follow the Popperville program, but we don't care. Man, what a lot of fun this program (laughs) has been to follow on a 4A level. They're going to treat us to a chance to call another state championship. This Saturday morning at the vet, Jeff, if the listeners want to find the Radio action. We'll have our sideline reporter Jason Baker has talked us into an hour long pregame. So we'll come on the air at 10. Can you tell our listeners, Jeff, where they can find that on the lr app?
1: Yep. Uh, it's a free download. If you haven't been following all year, if you just want to listen uh, to this game, haven't listened yet this year, it's the lr app, M I X L R. It's a free app, uh, free download. And then when you just go in there and you can search, Talking Ball, y'all, all all lowercase, all one word, and it'll bring you straight to uh, our page and then straight to where you can listen to the game.
0: Yup, and like I said, that'll be a 10 a.m. Pearl River County Hospital pregame show, 11 o'clock kick. It'll be Popperville versus Louisville for the 4A
1: state championship.
0: So now, Jeff, about tonight's episode. What do we have in store for our listeners as far as the guest lineup? Who are we starting with?
1: Uh, Starting with, we're going to start with the play-by-play of the Oak Grove Warriors. Uh, Mr. Carr Shannon is going to come on, and uh, you'll hear him talk about the Oak Grove Warriors, the season leading up to this championship game, about playing in this game uh, before. Uh, So he'll he'll give a great perspective from the Oak Grove Warriors.
0: And then after that, we'll hear from McGee's head coach, Teddy Dice, Daly's. Uh, Coach Dice, a guy that's won a couple state championships back in his days at Lumberton, and he comes in with an 11-0 McGee Trojans team that is uh, powered by the 3A player of the year, Mr. Chandler Pittman. So that should be a lot of fun on a 3A level, and it was great to visit with Coach Dice. Who's in that three spot, Jeff?
1: Yep, batting third is going to be head coach Chris Cutcliffe. Uh, That last name is – No stranger to the head coaching ranks uh, in Mississippi and beyond, but Chris Cutcliffe is the head coach of the Oxford Chargers, who will be facing the Oak Grove Warriors for, I believe, the second straight year at the uh, Sits Ace uh, State Championship.
0: Yeah, it'll be a rematch of last year's ballgame. Coach Cutcliffe and Oxford able to win that title last year. And then batting cleanup for tonight's episode, legendary Mississippi sports writer Rick Cleveland and Y'all have heard me gush about Rick in the past and how much I appreciate all of his writing through the years. And, and boy, Rick can paint a picture with words like a uh, few others. And so we always appreciate Rick taking time for our podcast and really giving a perspective on the vet, the venue of this year's state championship games there in Jackson, uh, kind of go down memory lane a little bit on some, key performances and state championships passed. And then also we got both he and Carl Shannon's thoughts on uh, the potential hire of Will Hall as the head football coach at Southern Miss. So all that's in store on these interviews. We always say this and we truly mean it. We thank you for spending your time with the podcast. Uh, we are overwhelmed and grateful uh, for the amount of folks that have shown love to this podcast and, that spend time listening to Jeff and I. So enjoy the episode.
2: Your family's health is our mission. At Highland Community Hospital and in partnership with Forest Health Systems, we are reshaping the mammography experience. We are the only facility in the region offering a 3D mammogram with the lowest patient dose of radiation, all with increased comfort and confidence. Our goal is quality care for you and your family through the compassionate application of advanced medicine. Highland Community Hospital, the best choice for your family.
0: Now joining the podcast is the play-by-play voice of the Oak Grove Warriors,
3: Car Shannon. Thank you, Car, for taking time for the podcast. Oh, Clay, happy to be here. Happy to be able to talk Oak Grove football this time of the year as the state championship is upon us, my man. Yeah, absolutely, man. What an exciting uh, time for
0: those guys to still be getting after and for us to have a chance to call one more game
3: as as radio guys, we'll certainly take it, huh? Absolutely. I mean, this has been a lot of fun for us over the last few years. This is our third consecutive state championship game that we get to broadcast. And so we've gotten to the point where now we expect to be, uh, to have a long August to December uh, type season. And and there's nothing better than being able to broadcast a game this late in the year and, and it be a state championship. So excited about Friday night's opportunity for for the boys and for for the school and the community.
0: You know, Carl, when you look at it, uh, Jeff and I and Jason, of course, follow Popperville football. And it was a couple weeks ago, I think you were about to call in or you had called in uh, to the show and the scoreboard show Friday night under the lights, and Jake was kind of describing Oak Grove football. And there were certain pieces and parts where if I didn't hear all of it, I would have thought he was talking about Popperville. It, it really has been so uh, similar in the past. On um, You mentioned playing for three straight Popperville and in that same boat with three straight opportunities. It, it's kind of funny. The programs only separated by 30 or 40 miles have
3: been on a real close path. There's no doubt. I mean, I got a chance to watch you guys come up short last year. and it, I know it was tough on the kids and the community, but uh, much like you said, there's a lot of parallels. And, and for us, this is a senior class that has has played a lot of football. And, it, you know, this, this, this road has started a couple of years ago with a really good senior class in 18. And then it continued last year, but this group that we have this year, it's special. And this team is special. And, and I think, as a whole, you recognize very early that it's a complete team, but this team is—it's—it's it's unfinished business. And until they get that state championship, it will be unfinished business. And they have that opportunity Friday night. But it, it's a team that's on certainly on a mission. I mean, you watch that each week. I mean, there's there's a lot of excitement when we've won ball games, but there's not this overwhelming. You know, kind of jubilation on the sideline. It's it's become an expectation now, and we saw that you know Friday night after the win versus Northwest ranking. The kids were excited because they get a chance to go play for a state championship. But there wasn't anything you know. Coach Causey didn't get a Gatorade bath or anything like that. It was like, hey, listen, this is just one more step towards our journey, and you know. So it, it's a different group, and I, I certainly understand what you guys are talking about. There's a lot of parallels there. And this is a hungry, hungry team. But it's – like I've said it multiple times, uh, it's a complete team. It's the most complete Oak Grove team that I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, and you're a football guy, Carl. You understand the line of scrimmage and um, defensively creating pressure on the quarterback and then offensively not allowing a whole lot of pressure. Boy, Oak Grove's been good at those two areas, huh?
3: You know, Oak Grove over the years – has kind of become known for its skilled players, right? It's, it's had that big offense. And, you know, we've also had guys on the back end of the secondary go on to play at the next level. You know, Picasso Nelson Jr. comes to mind and, and his days of starring uh, over at the Rockets Southern Miss. But there's been so many skilled guys that have, have come through. John Rice Plumley, um, uh, Duncan that went to Cal. There's been so many guys that have, have gone on to the next level. And, you know, so Ogo's kind of been known as, as having these, these great skill guys. But this group specifically has been really good up front offensively. And then on the other side of the ball, they will get after the quarterback. And, it, and that's the kind of the part that, that really has been uh, kind of gone under the radar in terms of offensively. This, this group of five has been dominant up front. And they've only allowed – they allowed their first quarterback sack two games ago, and I think we allowed one the other night. For, so I think it's – I believe it's only two throughout the entire season. And then on the flip side, you've got a defensive front that, you know, when you talk about what, what Benji Merchant, the defensive coordinator for the Warriors, what he does schematically, I mean, he just gets after you. And, and he's got guys just attacking the football. And they created, uh, I believe, somewhere right around 50, 51 quarterback sacks on the season. So that's a heck of a ratio when you look about nice. When you talk about the game, you know, again, the game has evolved and it's played in space. But, it, the, it, at the, you know, at the core of it, it is still a physical game. And the game is won and lost up front and in the trenches. And that is one of the reasons O'Grove Grove has been so good this year, guys.
0: So when you look at that matchup that uh, Coach Merchant against uh, or versus Coach Cutcliffe, I'm sure Coach Cutcliffe has, has a huge part of their offensive game plan, and that should be a lot of fun uh, to see how that that chess match plays
3: out, on huh? I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, you know, Coach Cutcliffe, you got to respect what he what he's done, and they've got you know this winning streak that just you know, has continued, and and what they do offensively, and so. There's no doubt Friday night's going to be a chess match, not just on, on that side of the football, but on the other side, too, with what Oxford brings defensively and then coach, you know, certainly what offensive coordinator Russell Mitchell is going to dial up uh, schematically for the Warriors offensively. And so it, it's, it, there's a lot of you know, a lot of chess matches within, within the game on, on either side of the ball. So it's going to be a fun one to watch because you've got great coaching staffs on either side of the ball, And, you know, it's certainly going to be – everybody's going to get their money's worth come Friday night for sure. You know, Carl, you mentioned the offensive
0: coordinator, Russell Mitchell. Russell was a a quarterback in such a run-heavy offense here in PICU. But then he went on to Pearl River Community College and was able to learn under Coach Tim Hatton, who was just a a great mind in throwing the football. So, Russell's seen the best, really, of both worlds. And it sounds like he's not stubborn. When I go back and listen to guys like you or people describe Oak Grove, if they're giving us the run, we'll run the ball for 300 yards. But if it's not there, Russell's going to settle into a nice passing game. And I'm being fair in, in, in that.
3: Well, you 100% hit the nail on the head, Clay, because it, statistically you can – you know it, it's, it's right there for everybody to see the word balance comes to mind. And you look at we're throwing the ball, uh, averaging 186 yards through the air, averaging 185 on the ground each game. So statistically, we are balanced. But when you talk about you, – you made the statement, you know, that Coach Mitchell and Coach Causey really taking what the defense will give them. And we've seen that game by game or within each game. You know, I think back to the, the last game of the regular season, against Northwest Rankin, we had been, going into that game, we had really been physical, doing a, a really nice job running the football, you know, a really electric one-two punch between E.J. Newell and Cordland Harris. And then we come out in that game, and we go 5 wide, just go empty for the first four series of the game. And Kay Barnett is just throwing it all over the yard. We didn't see a running back in the backfield with him until the second play of the fourth series. And then in the second half, we come back and we put Trayvon Moore and, um, um, uh, excuse Trayvon Moore and um, Akeem Toy in the game at tight end, uh, along with Trey Lott, our H-back, and then we just pound it down the field constantly. So, um, you know, it, it is diverse. It's balanced. Um, and, you know, you, one could say we're balanced in that we're able to do a lot of different things from a personnel standpoint from a playbook standpoint, and it, it's, it, again, it, it is a very balanced offense, and, and I give those guys a lot of credit for, you know, taking our personnel and making the most of it every Friday night. Well, when you look at the time it takes to do
0: that too, right, you've got to be able to uh, shift gears, and, and when I say that, that's from Coach Colise, uh Coach Mitchell, that whole staff, but then what i trying to prepare for, and really a short amount of time. You look at a week trying to get ready for a game. It's not that long. And so they've got a lot that, that they have to look after and to prepare for when you see a lot of different sets and, and offensively can really mess you up defensively trying to get uh, set up for a game plan.
3: Like I just said, I mean, there's a lot of different personnel, different formations, plays, and things like that. So it, it's a lot for a defensive coordinator to handle. And you know, even if you break it down to specific uh, position groups, I mean, we, we're very deep at the wideout position specifically. I mean, we've got several guys that have scored from all over the field. You know, we've had 14 different players catch a pass this season. Ten, wow, have caught touchdowns. Ten different players have caught touchdowns. I mean, that's, yeah. and and we've got one, uh, Tyrell Powell. He's got 15 touchdowns. So. You know, it again, it is just not one weapon. Uh, it is it is deep, guys. It is deep. So it, it's, a, it's a complete group. And then, you know, we've talked offense, we've talked defense, but where O'Grove also has stood out this year is in the kicking game because Michael Owens, and again, much like Oxford, having Havantanio Michael Owens for O'Grove has been an absolute weapon. I mean, he is not just in field goals and PATs, but to me where he's really stood out, and has helped out is in the field position game. And he is on kickoffs. He has been banging balls through the back of the end zone and forcing opponents to have to start their drive at the 20 and drive the length of the field. And that is a huge difference this year versus years past. And I I certainly credit Michael Owens and the rest of the special teams for their part in, in getting Oak Grove to the state championship game
0: car oh, man we appreciate uh your time tonight we appreciate the job that uh you and lance do following oak grove warriors weekend and week out this is off the script which i hope doesn't make you nervous but i wanted to ask you uh, reports late uh this afternoon and early evening will hall to be uh, the next head football coach at southern Miss. your thoughts on that potential hire of the report told truth.
3: I saw the reports and I think, you know, if, certainly if those reports hold true, it, it, it's a, it's a big hire for, uh, the Southern Miss community, for, you know, Jeremy McClain, for Dr. Bennett. I mean, it's a, it's a good hire for so many reasons. And, you know, Will's got ties to the state of Mississippi. Uh, he's an offensive guy and I think he will bring a fresh energy and it's going to be a great, uh, great hire if indeed that is the case for our program without question, because Will's going to bring, like I said, he's going to bring great energy. Uh, they'll be um, – uh, if you look at what he does offensively at Tulane, it is, it's a, um, it's a pro-style offense, and he's gotten the most out of his guys, uh, whether that's running the football or throwing it through the air. And, and you know, Southern Miss fans certainly got a taste of it hmm. earlier this year when, when uh, Tulane uh, put up 66 on the Golden Eagles at home, uh, the highest point total ever surrendered by the golden Eagles in the rocks. So, uh, if, if you ever want to know what he's all about offensively, you certainly saw it that day, uh, a couple months ago. So, uh, I think it's going to be a, a, has great potential. If indeed that is the case, um, uh, he brings, um, you know, strong roots here in the state of Mississippi, uh, you know, being a former, um, standout at Amory high school. And, and, you know, certainly his father is a legendary high school coach in the area. So it's, um, it's it's definitely going to be a uh, a big win for the Golden Eagle community.
0: Oh, you'll appreciate this. Jeff will, too, because he knows my 10-year-old son. But we were at The Rock uh, that Saturday, and, you know, with all the coaching stuff going on, my son asked a simple question. He said, who coaches two things offense?" well, it's funny you ask, son. He, he potentially is our guy. He said, well, I don't know what we would have to do uh, to get him, but that's Probably be a good idea, and so
3: uh, my ten-year-old pretty well nailed it walking out of the rock that afternoon. Yeah, well, it, it, no doubt. I mean, sometimes the eyes of uh, a child <laughs> yeah. certainly speaks the truth, you know. And and uh, so I think, like you said, the the with all the reports that are coming out, it certainly looks like a home run hire for the administration at Southern Miss. So I, I'm looking forward to it, and and I certainly know the kids are too. I mean, they're they they need some good, and I think this is. If this is indeed the case, this is the guy that's gonna bring in, uh bring a lot of good things coming our way back and get this program back to where it certainly can be. So absolutely. Carl oh, man, thank you again and good luck on Friday night. Guys, we appreciate it. And and listen, anytime we can we can talk ogro football, certainly, uh feel free to give me a call and and um as always, I always like to thank everybody that's that's taken the time to, to watch our games every Friday night on our live stream and you know, with Lance Fan and 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 Johnny Numbers and and Austin Buchanan, our producer and the, our students who do the film, and we we have been overwhelmed by everyone's responses from the from the live stream. So I just wanted to say thank you to everyone.
0: Absolutely, an awesome product y'all put out, man. So thank you again, Carl. All right, guys, y'all take care.
3: The Greater Pecuniary Chamber of
4: Commerce provides the tools you need to succeed as a business owner and community influencer. As a member of the Chamber, your commitment has personal payback. The Chamber offers numerous opportunities to get involved throughout the year, whether it is through networking events, committee involvement, community programs, or special events. By taking advantage of the Chamber's resources, your business can develop and thrive. Visit us at org or drop by our office which is located at 201 Highway 11 North.
1: We're fortunate enough tonight to be joined by head coach Teddy Dice of the McGee Trojans uh coach, thanks for joining Clay and I on the podcast tonight.
5: Uh thank you for having me.
1: Coach, it's always uh it's always great uh to be practicing this uh first week of December, isn't it?
2: It really is,
5: and, and a lot of times as a young coach, you take it for granted. You forget what it's like, and, you know, it's just a great honor and privilege to be able to practice Thanksgiving week, and then, you know, December 1 to still be the out there getting to practice, that's, that's a whole lot of fun.
0: Coach, is a good thing to be uh, coaching Mr. Pittman, too, huh? It's got to be a a <laughs> pleasure and uh, a lot of fun to coach that young man. Well, what people don't see about Chandler unless you're around him every day is, yeah, he's a great football
5: player, but good gosh, he's a great human being. Uh, Chandler's a natural leader. Chandler's going to be a in my opinion, a senator or a mayor or something like that. He's going to be in a leadership position one like day. He's, he's that kind of a person. He's a three point nine, grade point average, uh he's class president. And then you put a football in his hands and you put him out there and can run it, he can throw it, he can intercept it, he catches, he can do whatever you want him to do. So uh special young man,
0: and got
5: special as an athlete as well.
0: Coach, let's talk about your defense, man. This is a defense only averaging, giving up about seven points a ball game. How special is that group on that side of the ball?
5: Really surprising, to be honest with you. When we got eliminated from the playoffs last year, we we had nine starters returning on offense, but we lost a lot on defense so coming into the year. We said, hey, we're going to outscore people until our defense grows up. And uh, lo and behold, our defense coordinator leaves, and I promote Coach Rod Lloyd to defense coordinator. Again, been a defense coordinator to Hazel Hurst on state championship teams, and, and Riley Riley on some good teams. And he played for me at Mount Island many years ago, so that's kind of neat. But promoted him to defense coordinator, and we kind of simplified things, and we got great team speed. Away. The kids really fly around and get after it. And, uh, the first half at Seminary, we gave up 22 points. We retired 22-22 20 at halftime. And we got a junior linebacker named Jamie Spencer. And it's like he took over the defense the second half. and Since the second half of the Seminary game, we just haven't given up a whole lot. And, uh, and the scary thing is, a lot of those guys will be back next year. There's times that we have nine underclassmen on the field on defense. And, uh, I mean, just a really special group. And take a lot of pride in, in, in playing the game the right way and, They'll bend sometimes it's all going to just don't break.
0: Coach, having that tough defense in a district you come out of in that district period, how well does that uh prepare you for playoff football?
5: I think it does you know every Friday night once you play a district eight three eight team that's a rock world contest and uh, you know you either to play Seminary in Jeff Davis County, Columbia and West mary and, and, and you're in dog bike and when well, we went into this district two years ago. I was a little bit panicked. I was like, "Oh my gosh, you know, can we survive this?" And to our kids' credit, last year, you know, we lose West May in twelve to seven. We lose the JDC eighteen to sixteen, and we had to learn. We had to figure out how to win those close games. And this year, we did win those close games. But it was a learning process. It was learning the kind of games you got to play. And we're in a tough, physical, hard-nosed district, but yet we're a spread team on offense. So we had to learn how to to be physical and tough and not lose our identity and lifespan. So it it, it was a little bit difficult, a little bit of an adjustment. We figured it out. We learned how to do it. and We are a tough physical football team right now, even though we're (laughs) springing.
0: Coach, any similarities uh, to this team, to the successful teams you had at Lumberton um, back, those state title teams, anything in this team reminds you of that team? This team reminds me a little bit of
5: our O four team which won the first state championship in that I think we're here a year early. Uh, I you know really and truly we probably should be there next year and I guess I'm putting pressure on myself early. Uh, but we uh, when you take over a program you expect the fourth year to be a year you you get in and this group grew up and, and got better than I expected been quicker than I expected them to be. And uh but, but I mean, it goes back to summer we had a great summer and then carries on over in the file camp and the second half of the seminary game when we went and drove down and pit scored and had a bro down scored and won late. I knew we were different. I knew we had grown up. I knew we had learned how to win close games. But uh this team is probably similar to the old four eleven
0: Coach, when you get a kid like Pittman, I mean that's a rarity, right? Like you, you probably haven't coached many kids like that. I can think of probably two or three from Lumberton that may be comparable uh, talent-wise. But then you compare him, uh, compare him with a guy like Frank. I mean that's 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 pretty brutal, there, coach.
5: Frank's scary. Oh, uh, I mean he's a kid when we got here that I'll be totally honest with you. There were days I wanted to run him off because he was very immature. Got on every nerve I had, but we stuck with him. And, uh, you know, Friday night, one of the best seasons I've had in 29 years of coaching with him in the locker room. If we're in the foyer and he hugs me. He says, Coach Dice, I love you. And he said, You've helped me become a man. Oh. And, uh, you know, if we never win another football game as long as we live, if we have young men become men and young women become women, we're doing our job. And, and you know, that was, that was huge for me because, there's so many kids today that come from single parent homes, and they just don't have that male figure in their life, and you have to teach them why it's important to be somewhere on time, why it's important to communicate with people, why it's important to do those things. And for him to come to me and say, "Hey, coach, you have to become a man." That was, I mean, that was a thrill of a lifetime, almost for an old man
0: <laughs>
5: to 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 be coaching. So, I mean, that was a huge deal for me.
0: Coach, when you say what you just said there. Uh Maybe that's why it was so important to to play football in 2020. No matter you know kind of what the results were, but uh, to be able to to have the season and, and to pr- participate in football.
5: It is, you know, so many people from the outside don't understand that schools or or educational institutions and they're there to learn and they're there to become better people. But you're able to teach so many lessons on the football field or the soccer field or the baseball field or gym or whatever that goes beyond math, science, English, uh, social studies, things like that. You're able to teach life skills. You're able to teach character. You're able to teach discipline. You're able to teach dependability. Uh, You're able to teach teamwork. There's so many things that you get to teach in an athletic setting that you can't do in a math class. And uh, that's why, it's so important for us to have a season because Lay Franks made a twenty on his ACT last year. Uh, if it's not Francis, if it's not football, basketball. they may not even be in school right now. So mm. those things are huge because it's it's helping our kids get educated.
0: Yeah, that's awesome stuff, Coach. So coach, when you flick on that old huddle machine, what does Nike look like as you as you prepare for that ball game on early Friday morning?
5: And they are really big and fast on defense. Uh, I, I say the Golden Triangle area, Knoxville, Lewisville, West Point, Starkville. They all look the same on defense. Yeah. They're big mm. and athletic. They run. They like pitching. And uh, that's what they are defensively. Offense, they where they're very explosive. They have a lot of playmakers. Uh, but now just a, just a big, fast physical football. I've given a great deal of respect for Knoxville. They've been good for a long time. and That program's been established for a long time from Coach Miller to – Coach Shorter and now Coach Young. And uh, their young men really love to play the game and really get after it. And they're fun to watch them play hard, get after it, play the right way.
0: Coach, before we came on, I was just doing a sanity check on, you know, y'all's time, and Jeff, Jeff said Friday at 11. That's weird, huh, Coach? Like, is that something that messes y'all up a little bit to play football on? Friday, in a, a mess <laughs> head
5: football coaches, I mostly see us all get out. Used to doing the same thing at the same time every day. But one thing that we did last week was, uh, with us being out for Thanksgiving, we practiced about eleven every day. And I wanted to mm-hmm. do that in case we made it to the state championship. I wanted the kids to be used to practicing during that time. So we we did in a roundabout way prepare for it, and we practiced. We got the kids in about ten or ten thirty and get on the field. You know. 10.45, something like that. So we were on the field Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, probably 11 o'clock all three days we were on the field in some form or another. So we wanted to be prepared for it in case we got there.
0: Now, so, Coach, when you do something clever like that, do you tell the kids or
5: do, do you let them kind of figure <laughs> out that old ball coach may, may actually have some <laughs> message to his madness? I, I probably told them. I'm pretty open with my players. We, we talk a lot, and, and I have – in my opinion, one of my strengths as a coach, I think I have great relationships with my players. And i probably told them we're practicing 11 in case we'll be in, you know, we'll be used to it. But I don't remember whether I did or not, but <laughs> I probably
0: did. Coach, man, good luck on Friday morning. We appreciate it again. We know this is a busy week. and We're grateful to still 10 or 15 minutes from you tonight. So thank well, you. Thank you so much.
2: Your family's health is our mission. At Highland Community Hospital and in partnership with Forest Health Systems, we're adding new services and personnel every day. Please welcome Kimberly Carver, FNPC, to the Highland Pediatric and Primary Care Rural Health Clinic. She's another addition to our expanding family of service providers. Please call 601-358-9765 to schedule an appointment. Highland Community Hospital, the best choice for your family.
0: We're excited now to be joined by head coach of the Oxford Chargers, Coach Cutcliffe. And, Coach, we appreciate you taking time for Jeff and I on the podcast this evening.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me.
0: Coach, the long winning streak and a chance to uh, go back-to-back state titles, but we were just visiting before we got on. It's nice to be practicing this time of year, huh?
6: There's no question. You always want to be practicing uh, in December. Uh, you know you know things are going well if you get to that point. Coach, kind of tell us, it's,
0: it's been an interesting year just following y'all from afar. Whenever anybody wins a state championship, you're of course going to be on everybody's radar, but if it's possible, y'all kind of flown under the radar um, until just here recently. Maybe a younger club and and not as much star power as last year, how is it, how is the program handled this year?
6: Uh, you know, we did lose a lot uh, with our senior class from our 2019 team, uh, a lot of good football players, a lot of really great leaders, but, um, you know, I think we had a lot of younger players who used their time well, um, you know, as they were getting ready for, for this season, you know, there's some guys that maybe hadn't played a lot on Friday nights, but, um, you know, I, I think they made the most of their opportunities on the practice field and most of their opportunities in JV games and, uh, you know, had themselves ready to play when it was, you know, their turn. And uh, so we've had some guys really develop and, and continue to get better throughout the year. I think that's the thing I've been most proud of is watching guys continue to improve all fall.
0: Coach, as a former uh, quarterback, what is it like uh, for guys that play that position under you? And um, is that maybe a tougher spot that gets coached or just kind of describe what what quarterback play is is like under your leadership
6: well we we do put a lot on our quarterback's plate uh you know i think we're going to expect a lot out of that position uh you know number one in the way they conduct themselves off the field uh, the way they prepare off the field uh, the way they work in the weight room what they do in the classroom you know really just just the whole picture that goes along with it uh you know with being the quarterback uh, you know, but on you know in our in our offensive scheme, we do put a lot on their plate um, you know and, and we've been different over the years, you know, our quarterback last season, John Moore, uh ran for a thousand yards and was our leading rusher and uh did a tremendous job of that, and um uh, you know that's not really a part of of our skill set of our quarterbacks right now, so you know it's we're doing some different things but uh, they've done a great job throughout the year with the decision-making, You know whether it's making checks in the run game, uh, you know, with decisions about who to throw the football to, or whatever it may be. They've done a really good job of preparing themselves to play well.
0: Coach, when it's this time of year and you come off a game like you just had in Clinton, just a, a barn burner of a, a ball game, and then you have a state title in front of you on that following Friday night, how do you kind of uh, gear back practice maybe to let your – uh, guys catch their breath and get their legs underneath them after a, a tough winter does that friday night before have anything to do with the following week of prep
6: well i think in 6a football you know week after week you end up playing tough physical games you know and so uh you know everybody is, is kind of beat up a little bit when you get to this time of year but you also learn uh, how to handle that week after week you know because that's just the nature of, of 6a and um you know, so we, you know, we're we're pretty routine oriented. We kind of have uh, the structure of our practice week, you know, and and it really doesn't change a great deal whether whether it's week one or whether it's state championship week. You know, we're still going to do what we do in the weight room and, and on the practice field, and uh, you know, we don't we don't you know tackle to the ground a lot in practice, and, and we we've, we've learned how to practice full speed uh, without necessarily being full contact, and I think that benefits us, you know, this time of year for sure. Coach, when you when you look
0: and analyze film, how much of that comes from um, your father and, and the way that you've come up through the coaching ranks, and then how much it comes from? I know that you're a math teacher. Just researching before the interview, um, how much of the analytic side uh, plays in into what you're looking to do on Friday nights, or is that just a mending or melting of, of both of those?
6: I definitely learned uh, a lot from my dad, there's no doubt. Um, you know, I think the biggest things that I learned from him are, are about, uh, you know, how you how you treat people and how you run a program. And, uh, you know, uh, obviously learned a lot of X's and O's, but I think those other things, uh, you know, are probably more important to our football program than, than any, you know, drawing up any kind of special plays or anything along those lines. But, uh, you know, I also definitely learned a lot of football from my dad. Uh, I was able to work with him. Uh, for a couple of years um, at Tennessee and a couple of years at Duke, you know, outside of just growing up, uh, you know, and, and really, really got to learn a lot over those years, sit in quarterback meetings with them and, and that type of thing, and, uh, you know, on a daily basis. And so definitely learned a lot there. And uh, we've had some great coaches uh, that I was fortunate to work with at Oxford as well. Coach Johnny Hill, who I played for uh, and, and worked for for five years. Coach Stan Hill, who's, who's now the offensive coordinator at Northwest Community College, uh, was our offensive coordinator at Oxford. And, so I had the opportunity to learn from a lot of a lot of great coaches, and, and uh, you know I give them a lot of credit for for things that I learned over the years.
0: Your mom being a teacher and and coaching's got of course a lot to do with teaching. How much has that influenced your style as a coach?
6: Yeah, my mom uh, was a teacher for a long time. Uh, my sister is a teacher. Uh, you know I have several cousins, aunts, uh, sister-in-law. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of teachers uh, in in our family, and so um, you know, I, I think that education has always been valued uh, in in my house growing up, and uh, you know, definitely played a big part in my life, and and so you know, I do think that coaching high school sports, uh, you know, it's our our staff is made up of a bunch of great teachers, um, you know, who uh, a lot of our guys teach core subjects, some teach state tested subjects, uh, some teach AP subjects, a lot of different things, so. Uh, you know, I, I think that at the heart of coaching, uh, football really is being an educator. And, uh, you know, I am proud of how we do that at Oxford. I think we have some great educators on our staff. Coach
0: you a basketball fan
6: at all? Uh yeah, I guess a little bit. Um, you know, not I, I don't I don't watch a lot of it I guess, but maybe a little bit.
0: So I'm just getting I'm a big Duke basketball fan. I was just saying that I I'm taking it you've had the chance to experienced Cameron and what that's like for a basketball game. I know that may be an odd question to ask you, but as as we talked about Duke and I know they've got a big one tonight, I was just wondering if you could describe that atmosphere.
6: Yeah. You know, I got to go, uh, when I was, I was at Duke for two years. And, um, so my wife and I went to to every game, uh, for two years, we were, uh, we were there, um, when they won the national championship. uh, I can't remember if it was 2010 or 2011, um, uh with singler and shire and in and mm. and, and that crew and so we went to every home game that year went to the acc tournament in greensboro that year and um you know there's really I, I don't think i've ever been in an environment like cameron uh when it gets going you know especially uh for a duke carolina game you know that's that's a whole nother level Yeah.
0: so full body paint coach or were you kind of back <laughs> back in the back oh, I, didn't, I didn't
6: have the body paint no i was i was hitting up uh up in the, the you know, so a camera in the upper section is kind of the, the you know, the, the chair back seats, the, you know, the older older people seats, I guess, yeah. the lower section near the, you know, the, near the floor is the, the student section. So I, I went down there with, the, with them, unfortunately. Okay.
0: All right, Coach. So when you have a, a, a rematch, of course, you're used to playing your district opponents and some of your non-district year in and year out. Uh, but when the states are a state title, do you look at last year's the tendencies and the, like? What does that do for you? Either team is an advantage for either one of y'all, or they're kind of a scratch there.
6: You know, I think both teams uh, have a lot of new faces. You know, I mean, I mean, you certainly look back at, at old games when you play somebody for a second time, but you know, a lot of times there's not that much carryover. Uh, you know, from year to year, just because there's new players. You know, and um, you know, so you you just have to look at this year's team and, and what our players do well and. See what their players are doing well, and just you know, find ways that that matches up.
0: Coach, man, we can't appreciate you enough for coming on. We know you got a billion things to be doing, and I had a question. You host or co-host a podcast in your own right?
6: Yeah, I do. Um, I do with my good friend uh, Dr. Hunter Taylor. He's a, a professor at the Ole Miss School of Ed, and he and I collaborate. Uh, with our football team uh, on our leadership council and our character development program that we do uh, with our football team here. And, and we host a podcast called the Coach and Doc Podcast. And uh, so that's, that's been a lot of fun doing that.
0: Yeah, that's certainly cool, Coach. And then besides from, and correct me where I'm wrong here, but besides from teaching algebra, also a leadership uh, class that you teach at the high school there, could you go into a little detail on, on what, what what that entails?
6: Yeah, I can. So uh, I'm actually not teaching it this semester, but we, uh, we have a, a class called Personal Leadership um, at the high school that uh, utilizes a, a curriculum from a group called the Flippin' Group uh, based out of Texas, uh, you know, a program that uh, called Capturing Kids' Hearts. And um, so they have a curriculum built, uh, you know, and really trying to develop some skills, uh, you know, in, in students. And, and we require our freshmen uh, at Oxford to either take that course uh, or take ROTC, or be a part of something called AVID, which is another group that does a great job of teaching some of those skills to our students. So, uh, you know, just trying to teach them life skills that are going to benefit them, uh, you know, about whether it's, uh, you know, about their, their attitude, their work ethic, uh, handling adversity. I mean, so many different great lessons that will benefit them throughout life. So that's definitely a fun class to teach, and uh, I think our students at Oxford have really enjoyed that over the years.
0: Yeah, and when you get a year like 2020... Uh, thrown in a mix, all those tools in a toolbox certainly come in handy,
6: huh? No doubt about it.
0: Coach man, good luck and we appreciate you joining us taking this time from your schedule tonight.
6: Absolutely, thank you for having me.
0: Thank you, Coach.
2: Your family's health is our mission. At Highland Community Hospital and in partnership with Forest Health Systems, we offer a wide range of healthcare options. From our internal medicine clinic, to advanced surgery and emergency services, from the Highland Center for Women's Health to our primary care and pediatric clinic. Our goal is quality care for you and your family through the compassionate application of advanced medicine. Highland Community Hospital, the best choice for your family.
7: We are honored once again to be joined by Rick Cleveland. Of course, Rick Cleveland, a legendary sports writer in this state. and. Currently a columnist with the Mississippi Today. Rick, thanks for taking time for the podcast. Uh,
4: It's great to be back with y'all.
7: Rick, let's start the week after uh, Thanksgiving. Historically, this is the week for state championships. And somehow in this crazy 2020, uh, this event's going to take place at the Vet on Friday and Saturday. Uh, First of all, your thoughts on us making it this far with high school football.
4: Well, we you know it's been a stop and start, uh, a, lot, a lot of roadblocks, uh, but they got they got here and uh, and you know this will probably be the safest venue they could play it in. Uh, you know, it's not like a high school field where everybody's got to be packed in like sardines. It's uh, it, it, there'll be plenty of plenty of room in in, in the bed as we call it and uh and i'm i'm looking forward to it because it used to be you know this is where it used to be every year and uh it's it just it nice to see it here again i don't think it's been a bad move to the to the universities. So i think it's been great to move it around but i'm glad to see it come back to the capital city at least for this year
7: yeah rick just mentioning that is this kind of I mean, peculiar how we got here, but is this maybe the right mix to throw it in with the other three and have it there every fourth year well i
4: i I'm lobbied for that since they' decided in what two thousand fourteen to uh to move it uh that jackson ought to be the capital city ought to be in the mix uh we don't have the luxury suites here uh we don't have the big video board here, but uh, but it is the capital city, and it is you know it is the sixty thousand seat stadium, and it's more centrally located than any of the other venues we use. So, uh, yeah, I'd love to see it here every
7: fourth year. Right. When you think back at the vet and some uh, sporting events that you've covered in your time there, what are some that jump out at you? Oh
4: God! I, there's
7: so many of them. Uh, you know, uh, the, honestly,
4: the first one that comes to mind is uh, back when uh, when Mississippi State beat Bear Bryant and Alabama six to three in 1980. It's uh, just a monumental game in Mississippi sports history. That's one uh, the uh, the windblown kick. In 1983, Artie Cosby's kick that would have won the expo, and a simply an act of nature, act of God, uh, mm-hmm. decided the game on the, on the last play. Wow. Uh, you know, that one, uh, Sammy Winder's died against Old Miss, uh, when one of those great Southern Miss teams in the, uh, early 80s, uh, beat Old Miss at Packed House here number of them. you know Archie Manning beat Tennessee 38 to nothing uh uh he goes on and on there's so many and then there's so many uh, high school football memories from championship games there um uh, you know I remember uh so a lot of 1A games Ware versus Mize and games like that but I also remember you know a a 6A game, or maybe it was 5A back then, but Madison Central played Provine, kind of a city versus the suburbs game, and I'll never forget it. It was a late game. It was the night game, and uh, Madison Central won, and I think it was like, you know, three or four touchdowns to one, and after the game, I had about 30 seconds to do the interview, and I remember asking Matt Mike Justice, the Madison Central coach, mm. and a Mississippi Red, and I remember asking him, Hey, Mike, I only got a minute. Do you know how many passes you threw tonight? And he stared at me, and I could see him thinking, and he said, Well, I know this. If we threw one, it was a damned audible. <laughs> 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 and they didn't they did throw a single
7: pass and won the state championship game. Wow. Man, cool stuff. Cool stuff. And so, Rem, when you look back at you're you bringing up the state championships, some some guys or some memories, some teams that have stood out from you that uh, from this weekend that were just uh, a key performance and a state title or a state title team that was dominant that jumps out in your memory. Well,
4: I mean, you know, I remember I remember Steve McNair covering hmm. him uh, in a state championship game. Uh, he was a Fifteen-year-old sophomore, and uh, at Mount Olive, and he just uh, he just he kicked off through the end zone to start the game. He never came out. He threw a touchdown. He ran a touchdown. He made every tackle. It seemed like, <laughs> and made the winning play to win the game. Um, I remember writing that the last line of the column was Stevie McNair. Remember that name because mm.
7: uh, they called him Stevie back yeah. then. Yeah, and, I, you know, um, a lot, lot of things like that. Um, and more, great, more you know, recent memory, uh, yep. Rick, just a few years back, and I guess he's uh, beginning to show this on the NFL level, but Cam Akers and what he was able to do and what a specimen he was on a high school level.
4: Well... At the time, I wrote that he was the best all-around uh, high school player I've
2: seen in the state. And at that time, um,
4: you know, he was because, not, I mean, everybody people said, well, what about Walter Payton? What about Marcus Dupree? Uh, and, um, you know, the
2: thing about Acres is he was doing it at the 6A level and he
4: was not only running through everybody but he was he, he was throwing darts i mean he was he was he was making plays every which way and uh yeah he's one of the best one of the best I've ever seen and uh I remember the, his last year senior year uh Pearl had a really really great defense and he just shredded it and he just absolutely shredded it uh. Yeah, a lot of great players, uh, a lot of great games. I remember a where uh, a lot of people, you know, at the school is it's um, it's now consolidated into another school, but at one time where was winning state championships
2: every other year on the one A level, and
4: um, boy, they had some classic matchups with Mize from South Mississippi. Uh, and I love those little one eight games because, you know, you it, it's not that unusual to see a hundred and twenty pound linebacker
7: mm-hmm. or a
4: hundred and forty pound pulling guard and <laughs> uh and and their kids that that would be, you know, just walking the hallways mm-hmm. at six five and six schools, but they're playing and they're and it's um you know they're playing in the most important game of their lives, and the whole town sitting up
7: there in the stands rooting for them. And it's a, it's a, uh, it's a special thing. Yeah, and on that one A level this year, I guess uh, Biggersville, I believe it is, gets a chance for their uh, first state championship. So that's a, a cool storyline in the one A ball game this year.
4: Well, and they're playing against a team that's seems like they're here every other year, Mm you know, Lumberton. Uh, Biggersville is a great story. In fact, I'm going to have a column, I think it's going to come out tomorrow, um, on Mississippi Today about Biggersville. And uh, this will be their first time to ever – I mean, they've already surpassed anything they've ever done in football, but they've never gotten past the second round before. And just, uh, hmm. this is, uh, the coaches, this is his, his, uh, fifth year. And when he inherited the program, he had eight players. Wow. Eight. Mercy. And, and they went, they somehow won four games. He recruited from the baseball and basketball teams and got enough players that first year they had 14, they won four games and, and, uh, then they won, uh, eight the second year uh, 11 and 10, and now they're 13 and 0. And uh, it's, a, it's a great Mississippi store. Biggersville's always been a, a really good basketball school, but way up there, you know, next to the Tennessee line in Hill Country. But football's never been their deal, but but suddenly it is. And uh, they'll be going up against a team that's been good for a long time because I remember covering Lumberton
7: when I was a teenager at the Hattiesburg American mm. and they were, they were good then and they're still good. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. When you look at it, Rick, some coaches that maybe move spots, but it seems like there's always some familiar faces, um, uh, around this weekend. It's interesting how uh, these coaches can have continued success regardless of their stops. Yeah.
4: Yeah, it is. Uh you know, uh, Justice was the perfect example of that. But, you know, he won it. Uh, uh, golly, he won at uh, Calhoun City. And then he moved up to uh, Louisville. And then he moved up to uh, Madison Central, won state championships at every one of them. And, and uh, you see that. In other places, but what you also see
2: is a lot of the schools that come back nearly every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the
4: players' names change, but and the coaches may change, but you see those same schools that, that have the great football tradition. Uh, you know, schools like, well, West Point is to me is the epitome.
2: They, uh, I think, overall, it'd be hard to say that they're
4: not the best high school program in Mississippi and then they but this would be the fourth straight if they win it is that right that's uh, right Rick
7: and then you look at them uh, midway through this season and everybody in that classification kind of had to be breathing a sigh of maybe this is our chance and here they are again yeah they, they and Louisville's like that at the 4A level and uh, you know Knoxville
4: county's like that at the 3A mm-hmm. level yeah. And 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 Taylorville, you know, you look at
0: them, and then in Fay you've got a rematch of last year's championship game, Oak
4: Grove and Oxford. Uh, that's one of the, that's one of the things I wrote about in this column that I think is going to be out tomorrow. Is how some some programs just keep doing it year after year, and I'm and decade after decade. I'm not just talking about the the 21st century. I'm talking about going well back in to the twentieth century where you know, teams like Taylorsville, Falhoon City, McGee, uh, West Point, Louisville, Popperville. Popperville's mm-hmm. been good for a long, long time. Uh, and and what what causes that is mm-hmm. where I try to explore in, in the column and 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 uh, you know part of it is winning's just a habit. Mm-hmm. It becomes a habit. I think Lombardi wrote a book that, that had a title, uh, Winning as a Habit. And and I think there's something to that. And it gets ingrained, and it's passed on in Mississippi in these small towns. It's passed on from generation to generation.
7: Yeah, we have the pleasure of covering Popperville on Friday nights, Rick. And, and you know what that's like, uh, just a... a twenty take twenty twenty out the equation, but just such a neat scene to see uh the gates there at Popperville they open at five thirty and you better not be in the way of uh when they open because they're gonna go get their favorite seats and be perched and ready by five thirty five. It's just such a neat scene on Friday nights through all of all of the state. Yeah, but
4: I tell you what about Popperville, you better have you better have your eyes filled or you'll never see where the football
7: is. <laughs> yeah, they hide right? it pretty good in that wing, too, yeah. don't they, Rick?
4: Well, it's, it
7: reminds me so
4: much of the single wing because you never, you know, it's uh can't figure out who's got the ball, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, it, it, it is so much like back in the fifties when, when a lot of teams were still running the single wing. And then there were there came a time, you know, in the '60s when there would just be one team in every part of the state that ran the single wing, and it was it was a real pain to have to play them because you couldn't replicate in practice. You can't get a you can't get your scout team in one week to replicate that that, that style of play, and so it would always take it would always take a team the opponent at least half the game before they could even figure out
7: who had the ball. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, their matchup with Louisville this this weekend was maybe the best uh, game of the weekend two years ago. Um, so should be a know. fine matchup against Saturday. Yeah, it was
4: it was a terrific game two years ago. Uh, but I like every one of these. I liked every one of these matchups. Um, you know, I'm, The Old Grove-Oxford matchup at 6A will be, well, it was a great game last year. It'll be a great game again. The guy at at Oxford, well, I know, you know, the the guy at Old Grove, Drew Paul's a great coach, but, Mm -hmm. man, I'm telling uh, Chris Cuttman is one of the best young high school football coaches I've ever seen. I mean, he is really, really I mean, he gets it nationally, but, boy, he is
7: a really fine football coach. Yeah, we plan to visit with him in just a, a few minutes, Rick. He's our next interview, and I was just researching um, to interview him, and the piece, I guess, that you kind of uh, alluded to in a story last year was his mom being a teacher, and when you think of, him, you think well, he's followed in his father's footsteps, but reading more about him, he may have followed just as much in his mother's footsteps, huh? He absolutely
4: did. He, uh, I've talked to other people in Oxford. I've talked to kids who had him as a teacher, and and I've talked to parents whose kids had him as a teacher, and they talk about you know what a great teacher he is. But you know, this based you know. Great coaches are great teachers, especially at the high school level. If you're not teaching in high school football, you're not winning.
7: That's for sure. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, Rick, well, we had you on to talk high school football and about the vet, but some news um, breaking this afternoon and reports indicate (laughs) that uh, Will Hall is going to be the next head football coach at Southern Miss. Your thoughts if those reports hold up?
4: Well, again, I, I, I know it hadn't been confirmed yet. I knew he was going to be a leading candidate for it, and I, and I, I think that I think Southern Miss would be crazy if he wasn't if they weren't looking at him because uh, uh, he does seem a really natural fit for the job. He's uh, I think he's been recruiting South Mississippi better than anybody here
7: lately. <laughs> That's true. Uh,
4: uh, He's getting a lot of players that Southern Miss used to get down at Tulane. Uh, He's, you know, he knows everybody in Mississippi. His daddy's one of the most successful high school coaches in in Mississippi history. And he also, you know, another thing that I think factors in his favor is he has run the whole show before. He's taken two schools that. in the Gulf South Conference, which is a by far the best Division II mm-hmm. league in the in the country, and he's won, and he's won at places that didn't win before. And uh, so, if, if he's the guy, I think they're making a, 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 a good hire. I've, I've talked to several people in the in the uh, college coaching business who who really who really think highly of him. So, if, if he's if he is the hire, I think they're making a good one. I, you know, I think that the Southern Miss folks ought to feel good about the number of people who wanted that job. That's right. You know, I mean there there's there are there a lot of a lot of good coaches that were really uh trying to get the job that uh, that that apparently aren't gonna get it. So, uh, you know, it's a place where people have won before. It's a place that's in the middle of a whole lot of football players. Um Yes, there's some parts of the facilities that need to be better, but they do have a winning tradition, and uh, uh, it's a job that people still it's a, it's a it's a good college
7: football job, and I think he's a good choice for. Yeah, and I think some of the attraction, Rick, maybe the boss that you'd be working for, and uh, Jeremy McLean and and his leadership and the way he's led through some absolute weirdness through this year. Well,
4: I would put the weirdness of this southern miss football season against any one <laughs> that's ever happened in history of the of of the sport i yeah. mean where well, you had three three head coaches how many canceled games <laughs> double digit schedule changes uh three starting quarterbacks uh, i mean it could it, it can't get anyone more weird than it has been. I'll say this for the interim guy the, for the interim coaches, the guys that have hung around it they're still playing hard. Yeah. I mean it would have been it would have been really easy to lose this team. And I've seen, you know, to, for for them just to throw in the towel and yeah. I've seen it happen under a lot uh less um weird circumstances than this I mean I've seen teams not have to deal with nearly as much as this team has had to deal with that gave it that threw in the towel and and they're still playing hard they're not very good but, but you know but they're still they're still trying and there's something to be said for that
7: sure sure well Rick we appreciate it as always man we can't thank you enough for what you've done for this podcast and we look forward to seeing you from a distance uh this weekend so okay buddy. y'all y'all
4: take care i'm looking forward to that uh, that, uh 4a game too
7: all right Ray. well thank you man all right take
4: care Bye bye